1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. And it starts with the man who does more for us than you know, folks. Ray Lance has been protecting our families. He has been teaching us how to protect the uh, thing that we work for very, very uh, hard, and that is our home and our assets. And Ray, it's more of a public service, what you do, and I just want to say it's a pleasure to be here with you every Sunday morning. Thank you so much, Phil. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good Sunday morning. Welcome to MoneyWise. We're so happy to be with you on your Sunday morning, at least a part of it. Brought to you by USA Wealth Group every mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Right. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. Look for the American flag and the Marine Corps flag right below it. Right. And good morning, Peter Lance. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Pete. And good morning, everyone. It's been a while. Yeah, I know. We missed you. You know, Peter and I have uh, voices that sound a lot alike, and sometimes I wonder if people can tell whether it's me or whether it's Peter who's speaking. Well, I don't have the um, the quotes or the corny <laughs> jokes. I, I can give you some. <laughs> There's some right in front of you, as a matter of fact. Now, this is, uh, no, we won't use those quotes today. Well, we have a very interesting topic today. At least I find it fascinating. We're going to talk about taxes and mm. what some of the new rules mean in the new tax bill. Now that the dust is finally settling and we have a law in effect, and it's real complicated, as if the code in the tax bill wasn't large enough already, they've added over 500 pages to the new tax law. Wow. That's what the new bill does. Did you know that, Pete? I did. I've been reading it every night to fall asleep. (laughs) Well, good. It's... uh... We'll, we'll give lessons in how to read the tax code, which will help put good, you to sleep at night. Good I like one, that idea. <laughs> By the way, congratulations. A nice write-up in the newspaper just recently about your uh, recent trip to Florida and uh, being a part of a, a very a revered meeting there with others. It's a great organization. It's called the University of Miami Law School Heckerling Tax Institute. It's a big, long name. But it's a whole week-long program just learning about taxes and studying about taxes. They do it every single year. I only go every few years, but it's a great experience, and it's um, it's brain-numbing. By, by the end of the week, you're really exhausted. Yeah, sure. But good material. A lot of chance to talk to some interesting people. I think they must have had at least 200 vendors and suppliers there that are trying to sell their particular services and products. And they help to subsidize part of this, of course. But it's considered to be the best tax institute in the country. And they only do it once a year. And the material that they put out is voluminous. We, we brought it home. I brought it home on a thumb drive. And then we printed it out in the office and made two copies to put it in notebooks. And literally, I'm not exaggerating, the pile of papers is a foot tall. What? And it's printed on both sides of the paper. It's like the tax code. Oh, my gosh. So if you printed it on one side, it would be two feet. Oh, you, my goodness. You can't possibly read all that information, obviously, but it's a great reference tool. You love that. Well, that's what I was going to say is <laughs> how many people not only love that and love to keep up with all the current tax law, but uh, you know they, he really in, enjoys it, but it's also a great part of what he does and what he can uh, you know, do to assist you out there listening. That's right. I do enjoy it, and we've been able to use that collective knowledge and experience over the years to help people in various ways. 
But I will tell you that when I went to uh, law school, went to Boston College Law School, they had five tax courses they offered, and I took all five of them. And then later I went to BU School of Law, and I took another ten courses in tax to get a Master of Laws in taxation. But I do enjoy it. It's like a puzzle. It's an intellectual challenge. And it's always changing. But what we have right now is the largest tax overhaul in the country since 1996, 1986, excuse me. 1986, we had something called the Tax Reform Act. That was a lovely name. Do you know what this new act is called? No. Well, for simplicity purposes, they simply call it informally the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. That sounds not too bad. No. Well, here's the real name of it. It's called an act to provide for reconciliation pursuant to Titles 2 and 5 of the concurrent resolution on the budget for fiscal year 2018. That sounds more like the IRS and the federal government. That's the real name of the tax bill. So we won't go there again. Oh, wow. But, um, you know, the moral of uh, planning is, most important lesson of planning is that most people don't take the time to plan, whether it's planning to protect assets from a nursing home or whether it's planning to have an estate plan drawn so that your family doesn't go through a lot of aggravation later when you pass away. The other thing I've noticed is people get wrong, absolutely incorrect information, Ray, from their neighbors or from somebody, and they think they have the answers, right? Oh, I hear it constantly. Oh, my God. Well, my neighbor said such and such, okay? (laughs) So uh, what kind of tax degrees does your neighbor have? Just (laughs) please tell me. Unbelievable. (laughs) No, there's a lot of misinformation. Just don't listen to your neighbors. Get some professional advice. And I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. I'm going to tell you a little Greek fable in a moment. But first, I'm going to tell you, there's a very important seminar coming up on Thursday, February 22nd. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They did one last week also. And this is being put on by Lancelot, Inc. And it's a Medicaid protection seminar. How do you protect your house? How do you protect your assets if somebody has to go to a nursing home? And typically, many people wait until the last minute. So there is a free workshop. It's called How You Can Avoid Nursing Home Poverty, Thursday, February 2nd, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's only an hour, and it's at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth, right across the street from Vanity Fair. But guess what? You can't just walk into the seminar. They need to plan, and they really have the ability only to hold about 20, 22 people in that room. But if you have interest in learning more about nursing home protection, call them at 508-998-8800 and they'll be happy to make a reservation for you. Why is it important? Well, it's important because two things. One, you've got to call to make a reservation because if the room gets full, then they might reschedule another date and do the same thing on another day. So you've got to make that reservation. But Why it's important to have this important information is simply because most people spend their whole lives working to pay off their mortgage. They have the house that's paid off. They think that they're happy in retirement, and then guess what? One of them goes to the nursing home. If you don't do planning ahead of time and the person in the nursing home goes on Medicaid assistance, then they can put a lien on the house 
and to the extent that benefits are paid out by the Commonwealth, MassHealth, um, eventually the equity in that house will be eaten up, potentially totally lost to a nursing home lien. Same thing with other assets. If you have more than $122,000, because that's the total amount you're allowed to keep if you're the spouse who's at home, everything else above that has to get spent down. But they can tell you how you can avoid that. If you plan ahead of time, as with anything else, you can save everything. If you don't plan ahead of time, you can still save some things. So anyways, very quickly, 508-998-8800. If you have interest in attending the Thursday afternoon, February 22nd seminar. And now I have to tell you a story called The Ants and the Grasshopper. Oh, I think I remember this one. Did you ever hear of Aesop's Fables? Mm-hmm. See everyone you can tell who's talking now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, pr- I, I probably read those to you when you were a kid, Peter, some of them. Yeah. But uh, Aesop's Fables comes from a gentleman named Aesop, who is a very famous uh, Greek writer. And it's not really clear whether he actually wrote all these himself or whether he compiled them. But um, Aesop was a storyteller well-known in ancient Greece in the 6th century. And he collected all these fables and short stories. There's one that I won't do today because it's probably too political. It's called The Boy Who Cried Wolf. <laughs> but we won't use that one today, Phil. <laughs> um, That's funny. But we'll do The uh, Ant and the Grasshopper today. Okay. So, in a field one summer day, a grasshopper was hopping about, chirping and singing to his heart's content. An ant passed by, carrying a great ear of corn, uh, and the grasshopper said, Why not come and chat with me instead of toiling and moiling in that way? And the ant said, I'm helping to lay up food for the winter, and recommend you should do the same. Why bother about winter, said the grasshopper. We've got plenty of food at the present time. But the ant went went on its way and continued its toil. When the winter came and the grasshopper had no food and found itself lying down and dying of hunger, and it saw the ants distributing every single day corn and grain from the storehouses where they had collected all summer, then the grasshopper knew it is best to prepare for days of need. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the Aesop fable called The Ant and the Grasshopper. I love it. And that's basically what we say in our office all the time, isn't it, Pete? Tell people, get prepared. Got to do something and start now and prepare. So let's talk about our Tax Act, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. See, it's hard to even say the short name, isn't it? Especially three times fast. Why don't you try it? No, we won't do that. Well, you know, uh, what's interesting is that they like to say, and I think there's some accuracy to it, that there's something... In this tax bill, this tax act, I think we'll just call it that, tax act. Tax act. Okay. There's something in the tax act for everyone from reduction in rates, um, standard deductions, personal exemptions have changed, standard deductions have gone up. But it's complicated. Like everything else the government does, and every tax bill in particular, it's never simple. It's complicated. So... I didn't realize this, but something like 35 to 40% of all the Americans now pay no taxes. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I thought it was more. And that's a reflection of 
the fact that people aren't making a lot of income and there's lower deduction le levels. And um, But let's talk about some of the specifics. So first of all, if you have been itemizing your deductions in the past, there's the expectation that some people aren't going to be able to itemize as they could in the past. For example, it used to be that you could deduct state and local taxes of any amount. Income taxes, property taxes, real estate taxes. There's now a limitation on that. You combine all of that, maybe you have a house out of state as well as a house in state. You now have a maximum amount that you can deduct of $10,000. That starts this year, 2018. Now I need to qualify one very important thing. If you made money in 2017 and you're planning to file your 2017 income tax, which is due April 15th, typically in 2018, these rules will only apply to the year 2018 and going forward. So the old rules that existed for last year, whatever you paid out for taxes and property taxes and so forth, you can still deduct in 2017. Most of the changes take place now. There's a very important change that doesn't take place until 2019, and that is in 2019, um, you're no longer going to be required to carry medical insurance. So, as you know, in the past we've had under Obamacare, you know, it was popularly called, you're required to carry health insurance, and you had to certify it on your income tax return, and if not, you were penalized and so forth. That rule still exists for 2017. It still exists for 2018. But starting in 2019, that requirement is now eliminated. So that's going to be very interesting to see what happens. There's a prediction that once people are no longer required to carry medical insurance, this is called the Affordable Care Act Individual Mandate, once people in 2019 no longer have to have health insurance, the expectation is that a lot of people are going to drop it. They say they can't afford it. So what people are now forecasting is that, and it's too early to tell, once we no longer have the shared responsibility payment of the health insurance and people don't have to maintain this minimal essential coverage, which they do right now under the Affordable Care Act, um, the, the thinking is that a lot of people are going to drop it, including healthy people. And what that means is that it's going to cost more for health insurance. And going forward, starting as early as 2019, everybody else who's paying for health insurance premiums, including employers, may see the cost of health care insurance go up. That could be an unintended bad consequence if that happens, but we'll have to see what happens. So I won't say anything more about Affordable Care Act uh, today, but um, Peter, how do you feel about taxes? Do you like paying taxes? Does anyone? Well, I mean, some people might pay taxes. I think uh, one of our Supreme Court justices, I think it was Oliver Wendell Holmes said, I don't mind paying taxes. That's what buys me civilization. <laughs> Well, the American Revolution was started because of uh, tax taxation without representation. But you know that we pay far more in taxes now than than they did back then. Oh, there's no question about it. 
I get frustrated with the uh, excise tax on my vehicles when I see all the potholes on my road. It's like the excise tax is supposed to go for road repair, and yet my suspension gets shot every year because of all the potholes that they're not mm-hmm. fixing. Oh, yeah. Well, um, there, was, there was somebody, some philosopher, Wag, who once said, if you don't like taxation with, without res- representation, you should see taxation with representation. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that one? Margaret Mitchell said, death, taxes, and childbirth. There's never any convenient time for any of them. So how about trickle-down? Do you think that trickle-down is a philosophy that works? No. That's a trick question. <laughs> trickle-down economics means that if the wealthier corporations and wealthier people in society can pay less taxes, they'll have more money to spend. Or if the middle class, middle class that was close. <laughs> Uh, that was real close. <laughs> if the middle class... I think your brain is still a little fried from the Heckerling Tax Institute. I think you're probably <laughs> right. Well, there's a theory of economics that says that if you reduce taxes, and especially if you reduce corporate taxes, then they can afford to pay more wages to people, and therefore they'll have more money to spend, and that's going to boost the whole economy. Because wealthy business owners are known for their generosity to their employees. Well, there's actually been a lot of that taking place so far. There's been a lot of corporations that have paid out some bonuses. And right things, here. But they get a deduction for it. You yeah, know, oh, they can, sure. They but can that's also it. a handful of those uh, companies that have uh, good, you know, generous ownership. Right. So Winston Churchill once said, We contend that for a nation to try to tax itself into prosperity is like a man standing in a bucket and trying to lift himself up by the handle. <laughs> Of course, this could apply to trickle-down or it could apply to just taxation in general, couldn't it? Yep. Well, lots and lots of quotations about taxes over the years. So we've just talked about the Affordable Care Act. Uh, I actually have a fairly detailed outline once I put my hands back on it. So the first thing that's happening is for everybody, rates are going down. Uh, Tax rates on all brackets across the board are being reduced. Um... But it's going to be more difficult to itemize deductions. So what you could previously uh, obtain by itemizing deductions and deducting your real estate taxes or other kinds of things, some of those are going to change. But nevertheless, tax rates are coming down. Here's the most important single thing that I want to say today about tax rates being reduced and the provisions of the tax code that are being changed for individuals. Those particular provisions are temporary. They're only going to be here for five years. And then they can go away. They will go away unless some other future Congress and president perhaps um, will make permanent changes and tinker with it. So it's still very much an act in progress. On the other hand, most of the provisions for the wealthier group of people and for the businesses and corporations are permanent tax changes permanently into the code. That doesn't mean that they couldn't be changed again either. But at least initially, while everybody's feeling happy about tax rate changes, remember that it's here for five years. And um, I'm not going to go into the tax rates because that would be really kind of tough to talk about, wouldn't it, Pete? It would be, but, you know, maybe some people out there are interested. Well, all right, I'll read all the rates. (laughs) (laughs) No, I won't read all the rates. 
the um, in the 2017, for example, if you made um, between 75,000 and 153,000, your tax rate was 25%. The new tax rate is going to be 22%. If you're below that, if you're between 18,000 and 75,000, which is probably a lot of the people listening today, I suspect, your tax rate was 15% and still is for 2017. But in 2018, your tax bracket will go from tax rate will go from 15% to 12%. Now, one thing I just want to explain real quickly: when we talk about tax rates, it doesn't mean if you made $50,000, you're going to pay uh, 12% on that tax as a new rate. That would be a lot of money, because there's also a lower rate, which is 10%. So, when you if you make $50,000 a year, for example, first of all, we look at the first bracket, which is up to 18,000 and next year it'll be or this year it'll be up to 19,000. So up to 19,000 basically you're going to pay nothing. And it's the difference between 19,000 and the next highest bracket which is 75,000 roughly that you'll pay 10% on that segment of it. So it goes in layers. The the, the very bottom layer nobody pays anything on. And then as soon as your income goes over the next layer, then you're going to pay the next bracket, which is why they call it brackets, at the next rate level. And then if you went over $153,000, or let's take $75,000. If you went from seventy-five dollars to $153,000, then the amount in that category can be taxed as much as 22%. So it's literally, you, you have to take your income and slice it in layers. Did you follow all that? No. I'm just, I'm, I was just going to say, raise your hand at home if you're still awake. All right, all right. We'll, we'll move on. Pull your face out of your bowl of Cheerios. <laughs> we'll move on. It's very dry. It's very hard to understand, especially, you know, over the radio. So, uh, but I think the, the gist of everything is that we have all this information at our fingertips. We have everything printed out. We know what you will be paying in taxes uh, for this year and for next year. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> If you respond now, you can get two tax bracket schedules for the price of one. <laughs> Basically, it's complicated, and we can help you out, and we can uh, help you determine uh, what your tax bracket is and what you will be paying in taxes. And what are some of the things that you can do to avoid paying as much taxes. You know, I think the most interesting thing when people think about retirement planning and pensions and Social Security and everything else they do they never think about the tax aspect of it. Yeah. And if you don't plan for taxes, taxes are just as important as the interest rate you're getting. Because if you're not paying attention to the tax side of it, you're going to be shortchanging yourself and your family on how much money you'll end up having. Well, that's really the most important aspect is there are so many different things that you can put your money into and they will have an impact as to how much tax you pay or whether your beneficiaries pay tax at all. Uh, the difference between a Roth IRA and an IRA and how they're taxed and how the benefits are uh, taxed or not taxed once you start receiving them. Uh, life insurance benefits are not taxed as income at all uh, to beneficiaries. So there's lots and lots of different things that you can do uh, that can help you and your family with regards to taxes. Peter, who's one of the people I like to quote the most? Uh, ben Franklin or a whole bunch of uh, Greek philosophers. Yeah, so Ben Franklin was the guy who wrote, but in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. So 
I want to remind you really quickly, because we're going to come back with some very specific information in a couple of minutes, that you are listening to MoneyWise, and there is an important Medicaid planning, Medicaid protection seminar coming up on Thursday, February 22nd at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. If you would like to attend and learn how you can protect your assets, give Lancelot a call at 508-998-8800 because you must make a reservation. They do expect to have this event sold out. And we've done that before, and it's not comfortable. You're stuffing people in the hallway and standing on top of bathroom toilets and everything else. Not no, that far. No, not that far. <laughs> but we almost always have people who walk in. So, uh, and and at that time when we have a seminar that's full, it's re- it really is difficult to try to squeeze people in. So please call and make a reservation. So um, we're going to come back in just a moment and continue telling you about some of the major provisions of the new Tax Act and Jobs Act, whatever it's called. <laughs> Stay tuned. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so excited. This morning, to be telling you about the new tax bill and the new tax act and what it means, aren't I, Peter? It's something that you have a great passion for. It's called the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. So you're listening to Ray Lance on MoneyWise, and beside me here is Peter Lance on MoneyWise. So welcome back, Peter. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Phil, always good to see you. You, you are bet. one of only two people who call me Peter. Everyone else calls me Pete, but I put up with it <laughs> under protest. Well, I'm just wondering if we should share any other Greek philosopher quotations today. I have, I have a handout here that has 536 Greek philosopher <laughs> quotations. <laughs> we should have looked to see if Rodney Dangerfield had any... Uh, Tax quotes. Yeah, right. <laughs> now here's one that sounds like Rodney. No, this sounds like who is the Yankees slugger? Yogi Berra. This sounds like Yogi Berra, but this is actually Plato. There are two things a person should never be angry at: what they can help and what they cannot. It sounds like a Yogi Berra <laughs> <It> quote. Does. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we'll we'll spare you some more Greek philosopher quotations today. But Pete, let's continue along. We've talked about the new. Tax Cuts and Job Act. We talked a little bit about rates. Well, one of the things that's happened also, uh, aside from the fact that it's about 85 degrees in the studio right now, is that the standard deduction starting in 2018, remember this does not apply for 2017, but starting in 2018, the standard deduction is essentially doubling. And that means fewer and fewer people will have to file lengthy, detailed tax returns. And I'm wondering, I bet this is going to have an impact on H&R Block and some of the tax preparers. Because what it's going to mean is starting next year when you do your 2018 tax return, I think a lot more people are going to be able to do their own tax returns, I suspect. Yeah. Although, you know what my recommendation would be? What's that? If you think it's simpler, it's not. And certainly for the year 2018, if it's been your practice to have somebody prepare your tax returns, I would absolutely still do it mm-hmm. because you may get it wrong. Yeah. And it's going to take a while to shake out a lot of this. The government is still printing forms, and it's just going to take a while. So um, it's the same way I feel about getting professional help when you sell your house. Don't try to do it yourself. You'll mess it up, right? In another life, you should have been a CPA. I'm serious. Or maybe an author. 
Well, no disrespect to the CPA professions. I think they do a wonderful job, and I think they are very necessary. But I need a little bit more excitement in my life, I think. <laughs> well, you truly love taxes and love reading up on taxes and tax law changes and everything else. So I do, and I read very detailed articles about you know, what kind of an entity should you have. So if you're a business person listening today, for example, there's going to be a lot more concern and a lot more reason to use something called a pass-through entity for owning and operating your business. That would include an LLC, a partnership, and also maybe a subchapter S corporation. So to the extent that you don't have to have two levels of taxation, one at a corporate level, um, why not have one level of taxation instead? And this is a great generalization, but you have to look at it and you have to ask yourself and your advisor and your tax preparer and tax accountant. I've actually been studying uh, for something that there's an enormous amount of tax uh, information, both personal and the differences between your tax filing and uh, the pass-through um, benefits, uh, or gains or losses between corporations and partnerships and sole proprietorships. So there really is just so much to, to learn and understand when it comes to taxes, both individually and as uh, companies. Mm-hmm. And I just want to remind everybody, you're listening to MoneyWise, brought to you by USA Wealth Group every week, and I'm thrilled to have Peter, my son, with me today. Uh, Peter already has his uh, security licenses in some areas, and he's continuing to work on others. Um, we do a lot of things in our office, don't we, Pete? We do. Uh, we like to consider ourselves pretty much a one-stop shop for people, and a lot of people feel that way, and they enjoy having everything, um, whether it's their home and auto and uh, you know some of their uh, retirement uh, savings and everything else all under one roof. It's, it's very helpful. Mm. So, again, the rules that we're talking about today with the new tax act, they won't have any impact on your 2017 tax return. But here's a couple of really interesting ones that I think of impact a lot of people. What if you have a home equity line on your house? You've got a home equity mortgage. Right now, you can deduct the interest on that if you itemize your deductions. Starting in this year, 2018, when you do your return next year, nobody can deduct the interest on their home equity line any longer. So maybe there's a planning opportunity there. Maybe one of the things people might want to think about doing is Take your home equity line and wrap it into your first mortgage and refinance your first mortgage and pay down your equity line to zero. And now you've got it wrapped into a mortgage where in most cases, not all, but in most cases, you can now deduct all the mortgage interest, whereas you can't deduct the interest on your home equity line starting this year. And I I recommend if you do that, try to keep your home equity line outstanding but just don't have a balance on it because you can't take the interest deduction. But in case you had an emergency, now you can activate that credit line again. So even if you choose to refinance your mortgage and consolidate a mortgage and a home equity line together, um, giving you more interest you could deduct potentially, um, you're still going to have an equity line in case of emergency. Yeah, absolutely. And then you don't have to go and try to reapply for it if uh, something does come up and the funds are there right away if needed. So there's something on your itemized deductions, and again, this applies only if you itemize deductions. It basically says 
miscellaneous things you can deduct, like, oh, union dues, unreimbursed business expenses, uh, tax preparation costs, investment expenses. Uh, in the past, you could deduct those as long as they exceeded 2% of your income. Going forward, you can no longer deduct those items. Small things. The funniest one is medical expenses. If you itemize and you happen to have a lot of medical expenses, most people know that if you have medical expenses that are large and they exceed 7.5% of your income, you could deduct them. The floor for that is going all over the place. It's going, um, previously the floor was 10%, then it was 7.5%. It's going back to 7.5%. I can't keep it straight. I mean, you need a roadmap to keep it straight. So if you happen to have a lot of medical expenses, don't try to do your taxes yourself. Get some professional advice about how to do it. Um, the thing that bothers me probably the most is the uh, no longer can you deduct state and local taxes and property taxes starting this year if they exceed $10,000. So that's going to be an issue, and that's going to impact a lot of people in middle income area. And um, mortgage interest itself, this is one that won't affect most people. There will be a limitation of debt up to $750,000. Well, I don't know too many people that have a mortgage loan of more than $750,000. If you do, you need to do some planning. <laughs> but that's one that won't affect many people, will it, Pete? Nope. So um, small things, uh, moving expenses. Well, it used to be you could deduct moving expenses if you move from one job to another because you're being relocated. That's being eliminated. And starting in post-2018 divorce decrees, so that's after 2018, starting 2019, uh, used to be that if somebody paid alimony, they could deduct the alimony on their income tax. That's no longer the case? It's no longer the case, starting wow. in 2019. And neither does the spouse who's receiving the money have to report it as income. Oh, my God. That's so, totally the opposite for both of those. I don't know how that one slipped through. What about child done. support? Child support used to not be deductible uh, for the person uh, paying the child support, and nor was it uh, counted as income for the uh, person receiving the child. Uh, child support. support is not affected. It's simply alimony uh, that's been affected. So if you're getting a divorce, you should do it as soon as possible? Uh, probably, but try to avoid an alimony order. Um, <laughs> As the old rock and roll song says, Pete, it's cheaper to keep her. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So maybe rethink, you know, how how things are going with the relationship and work on it a little bit more. <laughs> well, think about the fact that 50% of all marriages end up in divorce. But that's crazy that that's no longer counted as income for the spouse yeah. receiving alimony and right. not deductible for the spouse yeah. having to give it. That's nuts. And for the most part, the people receiving alimony are women, and the people who are paying alimony are men. Not always, but probably 95% of the cases. So that kind of surprises you, doesn't it, coming from a Republican Congress and a Republican president? You would think that they would want to keep that as a direction. Right. But one of the things they have to do is they have to figure out, okay, they know that at a minimum, all these various tax cuts and tax changes are going to cost at least a trillion dollars. And the estimate is as much as $1.5 trillion. How do you pay for that? Mm. 
Well, it's expected because you can't cut 80% of the budget. Can't The federal budget can't even be trimmed. It has to do with things that are obligated, military pensions and Social Security and things like that. So some of the things they're talking about cutting are Medicare, Medicaid, and some of those programs. And watch what happens on that coming up soon. You know, uh, people who squawk about their income tax can be divided into two classes, men and women. (laughs) That's an anonymous one. That was a a Greek anonymous quotation. That's a good one. (laughs) How about this one, Pete? Golf is a lot like taxes. You drive hard to get to the green, and then you wind up in the hole. (laughs) Well, I don't like golf, and I don't like taxes. I know a lot of people listening probably love golf. I've never understood it. I've tried, and I just, well, I think mostly I just don't have the time for it with three kids and everything else. I'm envious of my friends that go out there all day Sunday and golf all day. (laughs) I never wanted to spend the time, but I'm going to give you two other anonymous quotes that are worthy. A fool and his money are soon parted. The rest of us wait until income tax time. And my last anonymous quotation, Congress does some strange things. It puts a high tax on liquor and then raises the other taxes that drive people to drink. (laughs) You like that one, Pete? That's good. (laughs) So let's come and talk about, we've talked about home mortgage interest. Charitable deductions are kind of an interesting one. Would you think so, Pete? You don't look interested? (laughs) It's it's a little dry for a Sunday morning. It's all good. Well, when we're talking about um, we're talking about charities, it's it's uh, really important. So one of the things about charities is when you donated money in the past to a nonprofit, a real nonprofit, which could be a church or college or something that was a five hundred one c three organization, allowing you to deduct your contribution. You could, if you donated cash or certain kinds of securities, stocks, you were allowed to claim as a deduction on your itemized deductions up to 50% of your adjusted gross income you could deduct in the form of that contribution. That's actually been raised now to 60% starting this year. So that would make it sound like, gee, people can now get a larger deduction. But what happens if you're taking away the itemized deductions in the first place, raising the standard deductions? It means that fewer and fewer people are going to be able to afford to itemize, and therefore they won't be able to claim that deduction even going up to 60% in the first place. So those of you heading off to church shortly, think about whether to open up the checkbook more or not. Well, what it means is that... Um, the concern, again, is that because the standard deduction is now raised to everybody, like a married couple is going to be about $24,000, for example, and fewer people can itemize. That means fewer people will be able to claim the charitable tax contribution deduction in the first place. And what that means is that they think that fewer people are going to be paying money to charities. Did they do anything with regards to how much uh, spouses can give each other? I know it's unlimited for those who are U.S. citizens, but if uh, you're married to someone who is not a U.S. citizen, it was limited to, like, I think it's $125,000. Did they do anything with regards to... You know, to... Uh, I don't have an answer for that one. Um, you stumped the stars hmm. this morning. 
No, but I can tell you that transfers between husbands and wives, there's no limitation on it. There's no reporting. There's no taxation. There's no Well, those that are U.S. citizens, that's what I'm saying. Right. And, um, but the other thing that has changed is the federal estate tax. And again, virtually nobody in this country pays the federal estate tax right now anyways because the exemption is roughly $5.5 million for 2017 per person. Well, how many people have that much money they're going to give away, for example? It's a unified estate and gift tax credit or leave when they die. But basically that's been doubled, so it's now like $10 million roughly. And again, that doesn't impact most people. And you say, well, I'm not going to have that much money ever to pay a federal estate tax anyway, so that doesn't impact me. You're if, right. If you're in that situation, it's a nice problem to have. No, but the other side of the coin is that we still have a $1 million Massachusetts estate tax exemption. And so anybody who is in that category still has to worry about it. Uh, we haven't mentioned this in the second half of the show. Uh, Lance Law, uh, my mother, attorney Tenny Lance, and attorney Michael Coleman are having a seminar coming up on Saturday, February. Uh, no, that one passed. Let me think. Thursday, February 22nd right. from 2 to 3 uh, at our office at uh, 352 Fonts Corner Road. Again, that's this coming Thursday, February 22nd from 2 to 3. It's how you can avoid nursing home poverty. It's a free workshop, and it basically talks about uh, local nursing home costs and how you can uh, avoid being poor in the nursing home. Uh, reservations are absolutely requested, and they can only seat about 20 people in the conference room. Uh, if you can call 508-998-8800 to reserve your spot, that would be great. And it's important to reserve because the room doesn't hold a lot of people, so you have to do that. You know, we have a lot of good articles here. They're not really difficult to read. If somebody has interest, give us a call, and we'll be happy to uh, send you a copy. As recently as February 12, 2018, there's an article in the Wall Street Journal called Many Married Couples Gain Under Tax Law and Some Myths and Misconceptions About Marriage and Taxes. Do you know any common myths about marriage, Pete? Oh, never mind. This is taxes we're talking about. Yeah, let's... <laughs> we won't go there. We all have myths about marriage, don't we? Yes. Anybody who's ever had the marriage experience... My wife sometimes listens, and, you know, I don't want to get into any trouble, so I'm not going to say anything. Okay. <laughs> I have some smart. great... You're smart. Yes. It's a smart man who says nothing. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Or... No, we won't go there. That sounds too sexist. Um, I have a great article called The Trump Tax Code in Your IRAs. So one of the things I mentioned earlier in the show was don't overlook thinking about taxes when you're planning for retirement or in retirement because if you're not considering taxes, it's a real important part of your overall retirement strategy. Now, yeah. in the past, we haven't done a lot of focus on converting IRA accounts, a traditional IRA, into a Roth IRA. But perhaps there are now more reasons to do that under the new tax law. And you might do it even if you're younger, but you have a fairly good size IRA account. We've got a lot of good information on how you can do that and why it might make a lot more sense for you in retirement. 
and the key to that is taxes and tax deferment. Right, Pete? Yeah, I think I said at the end of the uh, first part of the show that, you know, we can help you with regards to taxes and your retirement income, your retirement savings, uh, both for your own benefit and to the beneficiaries, even before this uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that went into place. Uh, now it's, you know, just that much more complicated, but there are so many benefits to meeting with us and the the tax implications are just one we can show you how uh, a Roth IRA might be better than a traditional IRA or vice versa depending on uh, your own indi- individual needs and your own individual tax bracket uh, how life insurance is completely income tax free to your beneficiaries so there's just lots and lots of different ways that we can uh, work with you and and show you and each person is completely unique and their story and their income and their assets are obviously completely unique and uh, therefore you need a unique uh, plan for yourself. Yep, and uh, taxes, taxes, taxes are really what makes a big difference. So uh, here's a quote about um, your tax accountant that um, maybe should I use this one? What do you think? I don't know which one you're looking at. This is Harvey McKay. Day in and day out. Your tax accountant can make or lose you more money than any single person in your life, with the possible exception of your kids. If this wasn't AM radio, I would, you know, curse and say how I really feel about taxes. You like Howard Stern, I can tell. <laughs> uh, Peter is a devout, I'm not sure the word devout is the right word, listener of the Howard Stern show, but I don't think devout... Nobody understands unless they actually listen to him. He's actually uh, unbelievably intelligent, and he has done more for uh, for his listeners in terms of advancing women's rights, and he's the exact opposite of what most people think he is when you actually listen to him. Interesting. I just thought of the word that I was thinking of, uh, trying to think of. He's a profane listener of <laughs> Howard Stern. <laughs> Right, Pete? <laughs> well, lots of changes in the tax bill. One of them also, it's called the middle class uh, tax cut bill, but it really isn't because the people that get the largest benefits are very high wage earners and corporations. But the vast majority of working middle class will still get a bit of a lower tax bill, um, and that will happen soon. Um, there is a significant increase in the standard deductions. So, for example, in 2017, it's been $12,000 for a single people. Uh, I'm sorry, this is the new one. In 2018, it's estimated that 94% of Americans will, will earn more and benefit more by using the standard deduction instead of itemizing. 94%. That's incredible. That means fewer and fewer people are itemizing. And here's a small tip as well. If you are still in the category that itemizes and 94% of the people are out there doing standard deductions, guess who's going to get selected for audit? Not the standard deduction filers, but the people who are itemizing. So if you're claiming itemized deductions, be absolutely sure and clear that you keep a good record of everything that you've got. Mm-hmm. Um, so what if you have some extra money? Talk to us because you can put more money in your 401k account. We can talk to you about what the limits are in that. You can put money into an IRA. 
what happens if you have one spouse working and one spouse not working? And you say, well, gee, I can put $6,500 into my IRA account this year, but my wife can't because she's not working. That's not correct. So the spouse who's working can actually double that amount, put $13,000 in, and half of it will go to his IRA and half will go to his spouse's IRA. Um, so you can do that. Um, a lot of people don't understand that simple little rule. There's so many ways you can put money aside for retirement in the form of IRA accounts. Right. But this bill is very complicated. It'll help uh, at least temporarily most people. It won't help everybody. Anybody that has to pay something called the AMT. Are you awake, Peter? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> he's, giving me, he's giving me garbage here. <laughs> I'd say another word, but you can only say that on television. You can't say it on radio. Or on Howard radio. Stern. Or on Howard Stern. I love you, Dad, but I think only you could talk for an hour about taxes, and you could probably talk for 10 hours about taxes. Okay, here's one more little interesting factoid. Taxes eat up 38.2% of the average family's income. That's all taxes. That's more than food, clothing, and shelter combined. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you're still awake, I just want to say I love you. <laughs> I hope you've learned something today. And the most important thing you should learn is get some good advice. Get some expert advice. If you want to know more about protecting your family and your house from nursing home liens, attend the seminar the workshop on Thursday, February 22nd, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And that's going to be just under an hour. 352 Fonts Corner Road. Call the law firm at 508-998-8800 and make a reservation. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you more soon about something that's not so dry. 